So welcome to the Bayside Story Podcast, where we look and explore the places and people that make Bayside, Bayside. So this is a personal project of mine, where I'm trying to learn more about the history of my community, by looking at everything from restaurants to monuments to public spaces. I hope that what I get out of this, and what you guys could get out of this too, is a deeper understanding of the place you visit, and what they mean to the neighborhood that you live in. And so without further ado, the first place we'll be exploring is Mercury Park. So to begin, I think we'll just first start off by describing how the park looks and where it's at. Mercury Park sits on 46th Road between Oceana Street and 211th Street. As we stand at the entrance on 211th Street, we'll see that the park is surrounded by tall black gates, and when you first walk in, you'll see a semi-workout area on your left. There are equipment like chin-up bars, a kind of mesh slide, and these flat structures that I think are used for improving your stability. Occasionally, you'll see people bring their own equipment, like rogue echo rings for the pull-up bars for some kind of intense workout session. And then on your right of the entrance, you'll see a section designated for swings. Then, as you continue walking inside the park, you'll also see the handball and basketball courts. And while they're obviously for playing basketball and handball, oftentimes you'll see people playing other sports, such as volleyball, soccer, or football. And like your average playground, Mercury Park has jungle gyms, slides, ladders, and monkey bars that are typical fun for children. Those play structures are painted in turquoise and bright sun yellow, with some places colored in maroon and white. Alongside the playground, you'll see that there's a swimming pool, which is usually open during the summertime for kids and adults to cool down during the summer heat. And all the way in the back of the playground, there's a large field where people do all sorts of things. Located there are practice basketball courts, a softball area, and bleachers. For some, they play kickball or basketball, others roller skate, play badminton, or even volleyball, or fly their drones. Now, as you navigate your way through the park, you'll start to see that there are small tributes to the weird scientists that the park honors, Mercury. Mercury was a pioneering physicist and chemist in the field of radioactivity, who was only female to not just win one, but two Nobel Prizes in two different fields, that being physics and chemistry. Near the swings, you'll find two spray showers appear as atom motifs, which each containing a large spray head in the center that represents the nucleus, and three smaller spray heads that depict electrons in orbit. The image of an atom is a recurring image that throughout the park is seen on the weather vane at the peak of the bathroom station and on custom panels on play equipment. Standard painted games in the park are also shown to honor Curry's legacy, like a hopscotch pattern at the periodic table, or the squares of a box ball that contain diagrams of chemical compounds. Not only that, but a climbing play structure of a glowworm is also located in the park. The structure there stands for Mercury's discovery of radium found in her glowing test tubes. Other minor details in the park that present these opportunities for scientific learning include DNA coil ladders, music bells that vibrate when you slide a stick or object through it, and tic-tac-toe that show various astrological symbols. Finally, as a lasting tribute to the scientific legacy of Mercury, there's also a granite plaque in the playground that says, Life is not easy for any of us, but we must have perseverance and above all, confidence in ourselves. We must believe that we are gifted for something and that this thing must be attained. And that quote stands as an inspiration for future scientists and change makers to be inspired by.
Mercury Park first opened its doors on September 6, 1956. It was one of the many parks that was built under the supervision of Robert Moses, who at the time was quite a big deal in the 1950s. He was the first person to be the Parks Commissioner of New York, and he played a major role in building New York's infrastructure and public spaces. When the park first opened, it was actually cooperative with the nearby school, JHS 158, or which is today known as Mercury Middle School. Back then, the park was a two-acre playground with softball field and bleachers, practice basketball courts, as well as shuffleboard, handball courts, conversation, slides, swings, and seesaws. There was even a school garden there. And while some of the things I mentioned still exist today, there were things that were either removed or converted into something else. So because the park was jointly operated by the school, it was under the jurisdiction of the city's board of education. This meant that during school hours, children could go outside and play in the field and the school could, uti could utilize the space for its recreational needs. There were times more recently when the school organized a carnival, setting up bouncy houses and food stands in the big field, attracting students and casual pedestrians. Throughout the late 1990s and early 2000s, the park went through two major renovation projects. They were funded by Councilmember Michael J. Abel, a former Republican lawmaker who represented the 19th Council District, which included Bayside. The first project was done in 1999, where the playing field was reconstructed for $730,000, and the architecture firm R.G. Rose was contracted by New York City Parks to do rework of the park by paying tribute to the scientist Mary Curry. And as you can see, those details still are ingrained today. The second renovation project was a $900,000 project in 2000 that further expanded the park and redesigned its facilities. Now, over the years, the park has been a place where people go to spend time with friends and families, playing ball games, or having fun in the playground. But more recently, the park has also gone through a series of investigations and incidents. Back in 2012, there were police reports of drug sales in the park, when an 11-year-old kid reported authorities of adults smoking marijuana and selling drugs to other adults and other children in the park. Illicit activities like these actually weren't uncommon at the, at the time. As far back as even the 1980s, there were reports of crack cocaine being sold in the park as well. So because of these incidents being potential threats to the safety of children, many Bayside activists have wanted the name Mercury Park to be changed to Mercury Playground to formally prohibit visitors from entering the park without children. Another incident that occurred in early 2020 saw a swastika graffiti onto a park sign that warranted officers from nearby police precinct to check it out. And that goes to show some of the crazy things that happen in the park, which many people have argued is unsafe for children. But despite these events, the park still is a place where many people go to have fun. In recent times, I've seen teenagers who go in the park field. To me, it's honestly quite inspiring to see. And during the summer of 2020, there were people organizing fitness sessions at the park. There were people brought in their mats and dumbbells to work out. And even though the park didn't open its pools during the pandemic, in past years, swimming pools have been such a terrific place to get a quick splash under the summer's heat. Now, I'm going to be discussing about my experience at the park, what it means to me, and how I got there in the first place. So, I think about a year ago, before I moved, I 
Linden House that was around three blocks away from the park. So that normally meant I would visit the park quite frequently when I was a kid. I remember almost every day after school when I was in fifth grade, all the way to the eighth grade, I'd go to the park almost religiously. Because the elementary school and middle school I went to was literally on the same block as the park, there were times when I'd be going to the park at 7 a.m. in the morning and going to the field inside the park where I would shoot some hoops um, with a couple of my friends right before school started. And looking back, I think the first time that I ever went to the park was during uh, was during fifth grade. Back then, um, I was a kid that kept quiet, was always reserved, and never really spoke out. Uh, I thought of myself as a good kid back then, just minding his own business. And that year, uh, during fifth grade, I made a friend with a kid named Damien, sitting next to each other during lunch in this big cafeteria space um, in, in, in elementary school. He was uh, the first one who got me introduced to all of this park business. Um, with him, I remember spending hours on end at the park, days where we would have sunburns on our necks um, because we were playing with sun for way too long. Um, we got tan lines from the playing kickball in the softball field and getting burnt like raisins in the heat. And I love the moments where we'd stay at the park for hours and hours, him meeting me on Sundays where we would get, um, we would go to the deli to get some food and for breakfast before, you know, meeting on at the park with other people. There was this one moment, memorable adventure that we had together, um, Damien and I. Um, we were at the park, it was way past um, sunset, and it was like sometime around like 9pm, and we were in like 5th grade, I think. And the streetlights were turned on, and we were, I think, playing basketball or doing something else, but we were on the basketball courts. And then all of a sudden, a dude came out of nowhere from across the street saying, uh, Ha ha ha, I've got you guys now. And then we saw that he had a dog. A, a big canine on a leash, and then I think he let him go, and then um, the dog, I've, I'm not sure my memory was correct, but he was actually chasing us, and we were running away like hell, and going all the way back to our home at, at some point, and as we were running like madmen, we heard from distance him saying that it was a joke, it was a joke, I'm sorry, and that was when I realized that, yeah, it was a joke, <laughs> but by that time, we already had left and escaped from the, from the zone. So now, uh, going back to memory lane, at the park on the playground, we would play all sorts of games, um, some of them including Shark, which was a game almost similar to Tag, where a person um, was designated a shark and he could only touch the railings of the playground, and once you tapped other people, they would exit the game. And the goal was to capture everyone and tag everyone, leaving the shark alone. And there was another game called Escape, which was, I think, a personal favorite of mine where a person chose a spot on the playground, and that was that that was a place for people to exit or to escape, as the name suggests. And the person who selected that spot had to protect it and guard it. However, the only caveat was that the person had to close his or her eyes doing so, but uh, to be honest, I think everyone cheated. They had their eyes a little bit open, I'm pretty sure. And so, you know, out of all the games that we could have played, I think that the games we played were pretty, pretty extreme. They weren't the ones where people wouldn't get hurt. Um, they were, I think, dangerous to the point that someone could have actually banged their head on one of the railings or actually fallen. But luckily, no one actually got seriously injured. So that was a that was a good thing. Something that I really loved about the park was the fact that there were all of, all of these different kinds of people that would come and go. I remember in the summer summer of my seventh grade when I was playing with these high school seniors and college students in, I believe, a pickup game of basketball. Um, the, yeah, and I, I think they were these college students. Um, and yeah, it was just so cool. Uh, there was this one guy who, I think he was in Muslim, Muslim descent, 
but he was like a tremendous shooter when we were playing basketball, and we just had this had this connection when we were playing basketball that just felt so real and so genuine. There were also these moments where I was uh, playing with this adult who uh, I remember said like he played semi-professional basketball, um, and then he was playing this part and we we're having this game. Uh, I think it was a two-on-two. That was that was really really interesting and really really fun. Personally, what made the park so special was because of these interactions and these exposures to just these super cool and super, super interesting people. You know, I play um, basketball with the senior high school students at Bronx Science High School who would give me advice about, you know, what I should do at high school, the things I should participate in, and it was just really rewarding to hear about their experience and help guide me through my experience at high school as well. And sometimes I play with students from the nearby middle school, Mary Curry, that I graduated from. And I'd be playing uh, people that were, you know, grade 6, 7, 8. Sometimes even, you know, in, in, in elementary school, I would play with them. And personally, I, I loved that. I, I really, really did. And I kind of miss that, considering now, with all the work I'm doing right now with the school, I just don't have the time, really, to go to the park anymore. And it's, it's kind of disappointing. But... Hopefully, I do go there sometime in the future to hang out with some people, um, reminisce about the times that I was there, and yeah, hopefully play some basketball again. Another interesting fact um, was that I kind of developed a persona at the park as well. You know, people would call me by the nickname Kiwi, and that was the name that I would go by, and some people even thought that was my actual name. And I really admire that type of community where, you know, there was ice and stuff that would always come around every day during summer or when the sprinklers were on for children to play in. And it's just kind of crazy to think about how much of an attraction center the park is. It brings people in from all over the world. Well, not all, all over the world, but all over Bayside. And then you sometimes never get to see them again. So it's something to cher cherish in the moments that you do have and uh, really value them. And I think that concludes um, what I have for Mary Curry Park with my own personal experiences and learning about the history of the park and how it looks like. And I hope that doing this, uh, it'll give me a better sense of the place that I'm living in, you know, who inhabited the community before I did, and to just be inspired by all the things that ha that's happening at Bayside, to learn about its history, its past, and what it could be in the future. Well, that's it for episode one of the Bayside Story Podcast, and thanks for listening.